Welcome to Being Sharon Gibson's podcast. PSG. Hello, loves. Welcome to Being Sharon Gibson's podcast. This is season four, episode 15, featuring Margaret Beaver, an author and someone who really has mental health at heart. As intended, I'm going to transform your mind into a strong, positive mind. Before I dive into today's topic, you know that my TikTok community is absolutely different from my podcast community, so check out the videos on my TikTok platform. Welcome, Margaret. Thank you so much for having me, Sharon. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you. It's really an honor to have you here. Thank you so much. Well, thank, thank you so much for asking me. You know, I wasn't, I, I wasn't expecting this, so I'm very honored. Thank you. Thank you. Can you tell us more about yourself, please? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm an award-winning poet and a forthcoming novelist. Amazing. And thank you. And, uh, you know, accompanying my upbringing, I'm a very much a mental health and equality activist mm-hmm. uh, because I struggle with mental health. A lot of people struggle with mental health. That's so it just, it, it was kind of ingrained in me before I even realized what mental health was. Yeah. Um, and on top of all of that, I am a part-time college student. So besides my work and everything I do have to do, regrettably, I do have schoolwork. So <laughs> I'm well, a little busy. Good. Well, that's good. That's great. Education is really, really great. Really great. Absolutely. I'm I not, very much enjoy it. Yeah, I'm not like a big fan of going to school, but I love school. I love and learning. I, that's between learning and, and school. That's the thing. That's the thing. I love learning. I love meeting people, you know, but I'm not really a routine person. And then school really gets me into the routine um, environment, the routine, you know, stuff. So I really do love school, but, you know, I love education a lot. And I do hope to, so like further, 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 further until, (laughs) until I'm tired. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I can't do, until I can't do it anymore. So that's really great that you're doing that. Thank you. So we're going to dive into today's topic. Today's topic is how to define yourself by the core of you and not a mental disorder. Um, before we go deep or before I ask you the first question, what do you know anything about mental disorders? I do, yes. I, I have somewhat of a clinical perspective, but I have, most importantly, I have uh, a, a personal testimony to that mm. uh, when I was 15 I'm sorry when I was 15 I was 12 okay <laughs> I was 12 I was not 15 okay, uh, when I was 12 fine. I started developing uh, mental health disorders I was bullied a lot at the time yeah so that that very much triggered it yeah um, I mean I, I'm already genetically predisposed but definitely being bullied furthered that as well yeah. and um so when I was 12, I started really experiencing very, very severe uh, generalized anxiety. And it was so bad that I had to drop out of public school. Wow. And yeah, I co- totally my state of mind. Yeah. yeah, I actually wasn't homeschooled. I went to a virtual online school. So wow. I had teachers. I had yeah. a platform. So my parents didn't have to teach me, which was good. So they could continue, you know, their work, their jobs. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I was doing that right up until I graduated high school just this last June. And now I'm a college student uh, again. I'm, 
thank you. Again, oh, I'm wow. schooling online. So um, I very much have uh, experience, experience in this area. In this area. Yes. Um, as, as the years went on, I initially, um, I initially had anxiety. And as the years mm-hmm. went on, I left things untreated because, for one, I didn't recognize what my symptoms were. I didn't recognize what disorders were. I had no idea what yeah, any of this sure. was. I just knew that I wasn't feeling very well and that I yeah. needed to be away from people. That's really all I knew. So mm-hmm. I knew that I had a social problem, but I didn't know I had a mental problem. problem. Right? Yeah. So as the years went by and I didn't medicate, I didn't do treatment. So my, my disorders, they got worse and they progressed. And mm-hmm. now I'm struggling with my generalized anxiety and a major depressive disorder, which is just a fancy word for depression. And <laughs> yeah, they give all these fancy names. It's just it's depression. I know. <laughs> I know. And yeah, and um, a few years ago, when I was fifteen or sixteen, I was very unexpectedly diagnosed with PTSD, mm. and that diagnosis threw me very much. Mm. I I was very, um, I totally expected yeah. the diagnoses of anxiety and depression I knew that right off the bat but Mm. PTSD diagnosis that that really threw me and usually I find my diagnoses very validating but that one didn't validate anything and no it just it made me really upset and I wasn't used to being upset because usually Mm. I was so accepting of it you know I come from a household where a lot of us struggle with mental health, both sides of my family. So it's a very open topic in my household. Yeah. Uh, medication, treatment, you know, it's very, it's very talked about in my household. So it isn't necessarily something I'm inherently ashamed of. But for that, for that diagnosis, I was just so upset. And even now, I really couldn't tell you why. But yeah. I do, I do have experience with the ups and downs of the diagnosis, yeah. the symptoms, and you know just... you you're really going to make me sorry for cutting you off, but you're really going to make me be very open about something right now, which I yeah. didn't want to open up. Oh no, so, worries, that's perfect. Yeah, so I I feel I feel where you're coming from. To be honest, I do because there's no way I can choose this topic and understand what you're saying mm-hmm. and discuss what we are discussing right now if I haven't been to it. Right. It's mine is crazy and um someone wanted to interview me on it, but I said that I want to live with it for a decade and then I'll be able to talk more about it. Um so I'm just gonna um say the skeleton of the things some of the things that I've been through, like say it's on the surface level. So in 2018, something like drastically happened to me and then I was triggered and mm. I was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Oh, I understand. And yeah. I went online to check how schizophrenic people act and what they experience. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't experiencing that. And I was mad. I was angry mm. because I was taking these drugs. I was, I was, I was becoming dull, and I'm a very active, vibrant, you know, jovial. Not, no, the word is not jovial. I was very 
vibrant you know positive loud sociable yeah but all of a sudden because i was taking this drug i started like you know curving in and being so lazy i couldn't move i couldn't do all the things that i used to do i couldn't even recognize myself anymore yeah yeah okay you want to say something it's just that i have definitely experienced i've been on a ton of different drugs trying to find the perfect one and i definitely understand what you're dealing with i've been through the trials of being on medication that just totally dulled you where your personality was just inverted completely and you didn't have any energy to do anything exactly it's something that i'm still dealing with right now actually so i very much understand what you're talking about yeah and what happened was that i stopped taking the drugs and you definitely know this term i relapsed Mm. and when i relapsed only to find out that the first diagnosis was wrong i literally didn't have that but i have what i have now the disorder that i have now (laughs) And that's that's good. I mean, that's that's what's gonna lead me to my first question, so that maybe I'll be more confident talking about it. Why do you think there's so much stigma around mental disorders Mm. and illnesses? I really appreciate this question because it's actually something that I think about so So much much. (laughs) and i'm so happy your household really talks about it like i feel like if my household spoke much i love my mom i love everybody but like the way you talk about it and like even the medication and everything like if my family did speak about it that way and encouraged it i don't think i will be shy to Mm. speak about it even though i've been living with it for um five years now do you get to so yeah. I, w- I don't think I would have been shy to speak about it because yeah, I've really been through a lot. Yeah, my atmosphere, I was very much integrated into the conversation even exactly. before I realized I had anything. Yeah. So since I was already familiarized with the topic, it was nothing to me to speak on it. But when you don't have experience, when you're not surrounded in an atmosphere that is so exactly. relevant to that conversation, of course there is so much hesitation there is so much apprehension you have no idea what you're doing you're not familiarized with that conversation so you're totally a fish out of water and i understand what you're talking about completely yeah so back to your question when it comes to the status of our modern world i i find a lot of clarity regarding like difficult and potentially harmful subjects when i study their origins so I'm, I'm, I'm a writer, I'm an author, I, I'm very much into linguistics and word roots and the origins okay. of our words and languages. Okay. So the contemporary term stigma was first originated from Greek society. And okay. it was essentially a symbol that was branded onto slaves with a branding iron to identify each person and distinguish them from others. So from the very beginning, stigma was always associated with this concept of being a completely misplaced, like this, this social disgrace, right? Yeah. And this implication of being inherently perceived as lesser than, right from the get-go, that was always the connotation of the word. Hmm. So that initial meaning has survived all of these centuries and yeah. is still an enemy of any minority group or any individual That's who true. fails to be understood, you know, and is immediately feared or hated. Consequently, this is 
exactly the case for all populations differing from you know, this hypothetical archetype of yeah. neurotypical, right, of cosmetic perfection, you know, you look differently, you're rejected, you think differently, you're rejected, you That's feel true. differently, you're rejected That's immediately, That's true. right? So any variance and diversification yeah. that can't be easily pigeonholed is totally dismissed. And because of that, these public demonstrations of discrimination and dehumanization are becoming increasingly internalized. So much so that we are susceptible to adopting the exact yeah. behaviors we despise. We are susceptible of becoming uh, discriminative against ourselves and the things yeah. that we ourselves deal with. And the things we do not understand. Exactly. And yeah. I speak very, very broadly regarding these so-called minority populations. That's because true. this this isn't just about the neurodivergent people with mental disorders this isn't just about you know the racially discarded or the disabled or the lgbt community it's about all of us it's at the same time us. yeah it's about yes. all of us it's together about... like like i just want to say something like yeah like do you know how i don't know if you experienced it and i'm sure you did how difficult it was having my first episode what i went mm. through and coming out and surviving and living now and having to publish a book and being in school and working and doing all this having like a normal life after what i went through absolutely like it's crazy like like sometimes mm. i'm like why is th- like you know what we go through when like that happens to us or when we we get like a first episode or even you even relapse do you know what happens to you it hurts me that it's stigmatized you know, Absolutely. like you say, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to a therapist, and and somebody's like, "Why are you mad? Or, or do you have a mental illness or something?" Mm-hmm. Like, like you hear people pass these like funny comments, and it's not funny because you know what I, I told my therapist even yes. today, <laughs> I because I had a therapy session today even before like the session, and I was talking to my therapist. I, I was telling my therapist that. People that are termed normal, quote-unquote, normal people who are not clinically diagnosed with any disorder. Mm-hmm. We, the people that are clinically diagnosed with a disorder and we are mm-hmm. taking medicines, like we have meds that we take, we act more normal than people who are termed, quote-unquote, normal. Absolutely. And yeah. that's fact. Like, I see so many people around me and I tell them that, Bro, sis, you need a therapy. Sorry, a therapist. <laughs> you need a therapist, like no cap. You need a therapist. Like the way you act is not rational. No, no. It's the not people, rational. people, people always act off of their perceptions and what they perceive. The problem is that yeah. when those perceptions are built totally in illusion, yeah, you are acting off of things that aren't real. You're That's acting true. off of a basis. An understanding that is totally distorted and mm-hmm. so now you are distorted <laughs> so yeah your thinking is everything and so when people act like that it's it's amazing how when people act like that it's they're yeah. automatically displaying their problems that they claim not to have <laughs> exactly like honestly speaking but i heard in psychology that there's like a thin line between like losing your mind and actually like you know like almost everybody sort of like has like a mental disorder 
sort mm-hmm. of, you know, like every human being, <laughs> there's a word that we usually say like back home in, in, in Ghana when I had some friends to be like, uh, um, you'd be like, like the guy, one of my male friends was like, well, everybody's mad. <laughs> Everybody is literally mad. But Absolutely. That, yeah, like it's just that, you know, we yeah. sort of regulate it, but in actual sense, the way people are stigmatized with mental disorder and people who are clinically diagnosed, they don't know that they themselves, the only thing that differentiates differentiates you from me is the fact that I take meds on a daily yeah. basis and you don't <laughs> take meds. But, right. you also, but you also have a disorder. So if you're stigmatizing me, you're also stigmatizing yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You're limiting yourself if you're limiting yeah. others. Absolutely. Exactly. Because there's, the, there's really no yeah. such thing as neurotypical. You know, mm-hmm. everyone at some degree, there's some difference. There's some tweak around yeah. what is considered normal. And that's just simply an illusion. That's true. That's so true. That You're right. You're, you're so right. You're right yeah. there. And Thank it's, it's so funny how... Um, people treat things that they do not understand and they associate it with like no let me not say associate it with something but like they demonize it or Mm -hmm. you know put you in some sort of um um box of you being this type of way or you have done this this thing or maybe your ancestors or your forefathers did this that's why yeah this infliction has been brought upon you like, yeah it's like i'm you know, being punished for something i know my like, great-grandmother did I okay know. <laughs> you know i didn't know the lady but all right <laughs> i'm not going to, i'm not going to call anybody out here but somebody really close to me goes like oh sharon you've been healed from this disorder you don't have to take medicine like you've been healed because you know sometimes you have side effects of the medication mm-hmm. she's like you don't have to be taking this this illness you've been healed i was like i really love your faith i've been healed spiritually but physically i'm going to keep taking the drugs yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a big difference i mean there's a big difference wellness is such a massive sphere there are so many different types of wellness you could be healthy in one way but totally unhealthy in another thank you spiritually and physically and mentally totally different things thank you yeah you could be totally at peace spiritually with your religion you know your your god whatever it may be that does not mean that you are or are not neurodivergent I, <laughs> I was like i was like i've heard you i love that healing i love that faith but physically my body needs those drugs yeah i i appreciate you saying that you you <laughs> appreciate, appreciate the faith because exactly. yeah <laughs> exactly see a, a number of times i've been told to stop taking my drugs i was like see you didn't go through what i went through no. so it's not like i have fear of relapsing or anything but yeah I really love myself so much that I don't want to put myself through this anymore. So, so spiritually, I believe that whatever had happened in the spiritual realm, if it's indeed spiritual, I've been mm-hmm. healed. But physically, my body needs the drugs. And I, I don't miss therapy. I don't miss any appointment with my doctors. I don't miss any appointment with my nurse. I don't miss any of that. I don't stress myself. I do everything I need to do to mm-hmm. be to, to take care of my, my body, to take care of the physical me, you know, Absolutely. at the same time, 
working on my mind as well. So the next question I'm going to ask you is how do you stick to the core of you and not associate every bad decision you make to your disorder? The reason why I'm saying this is from a manic place or a, uh, yeah, you're, you're also dealing with depression. Mm-hmm. The depression can come off as bipolar too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> see, I'll, see, I know about these things. Yes, you <laughs> know. I'm dealing with them. <laughs> so I know. So yeah. So anyone in the hello. Um, oh yes 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 oh. i'm here i'm so sorry <laughs> so, could you repeat that i'm so sorry yeah. so so yeah so anyone in the bipolar atmosphere mm-hmm. oh let me put it that way or the bipolar journey mm-hmm. has this tendency of making decisions that um might be bad because mm-hmm. we have something we call like when you're in a manic episode you have mm-hmm. racing thoughts Right, and, and bipolar is, is something that doesn't go away; it lives with you. So, absolutely. Um, even when you you have you don't relapse, or you're not in a manic episode, sometimes you have those not racing thoughts, but a lot of thoughts that comes into your head at the same time, and you wanting to do like a million and one things, and it doesn't even mean that you've relapsed, but it's just like you being in your bipolar state. Mm-hmm. So, um, how do you stick to like the core of you and not as- don't don't associate everything with like you know the disorder, or like you know if something happens or it's because of the disorder, do you get it? But know who you are so that you don't get even scared of yourself because at a point you can really get so scared that okay I don't even know who I am because it's like this bipolar thing or this disorder mental disorder is sort of like controlling me. So how mm-hmm. do you even stick to the core of yourself and know who you are and just know that, okay, this disorder is something that I'm living with, but it's not me. Right. Okay. So ultimately, I like to say that Sigma first, Sigma originates from the exact same place across okay. all minorities. Everyone who's ever been oppressed, it all originates from fear. right and when fear evolves Mm. it turns into mass hatred and Mm. that's what we observe now and have been observing for centuries so the first misconception is the notion that mental health disorders are inherently quote-unquote bad and tied to every bad decision right Mm -hmm. mental disorders aren't bad they're just hindering in varying degrees you know, they're not things to work past, they're things to work with. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, as I said before, I'm very genetically predisposed to mental conditions, yeah. uh, considering both sides of my family have very extensive histories. So, my symptoms were inevitable, completely. Yeah. Um, so, what happened was when I was 12 years old, you know, and I dropped out, and I began at a virtual academy... Um, when I was a child, that was when it all happened. When I was a child, I had to stop being a child. Yeah. You know, my lightheartedness was turned to depression. My sociability was isolation and solitude. You know, I've never been fully able to recapture that happiness. I spent my formative years, I spent my years growing up 
being entrenched in these disorders. And since I'm an adult now, you know, I'll never again be able to be a child. And I'm, I'm still mourning that. I feel you. You know, because my symptoms came so early in life, I'm going to be totally honest with you. Yeah. I don't remember who I was before this. Mm-hmm. I don't. I have no recollection. Untreated okay. anxiety and depression can frequently lead to permanent memory loss. And a lot that's of people true. don't know this. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. At the point at the point so I was having memory loss, it was freaking me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely no, yeah like no, when i say memory loss or i was forgetting things easily i couldn't remember things and it was like so hard mm-hmm. yeah it's That's either yeah. yeah it's either clinical memory loss like actual memory loss actual amnesia actual mm-hmm. things like that or it's the mind instating mm-hmm. blockages to protect mm-hmm. us from memories that we don't want to remember right oh okay and there there are several years of my life yes it could be totally just your brain trying to protect you from things you don't want to remember anymore that's true so uh there are several years of my life that are completely discarded from Uh, 12 to about 14 and 15 i have no recollection i don't remember birthdays holidays my mother will bring up something that happened when I was 13 and there's literally no remembrance. You're right. So yeah, my mother remembers more of me than I do. And that is totally, that's (laughs) mortifying, right? That's totally mortifying. And in short, there, this is my personal experience. So in short, there is no distinction between my personality and my disorders. I because feel, yeah. I don't remember my personality, right? I understand you. Yeah, I and I think, you. I think if I did remember my personality, that would make me both happier and sadder. So I'm grateful <laughs> to not remember. Yeah, everything works together for a good. Like, I mean, everything happening in our lives happens for us, so. You know, it doesn't happen to us; it happens for us. It happens for us, and you're right because I, I, I do, I do sympathize with you, and I, I can feel what you, you, you went through because, like in my season, Mm -hmm. the two months that I went through what I went through, I didn't remember what happened. It was like a a different planet, so I can't imagine you going through being in and out of something like that for you know that period of time from 12 to 15 yeah it'll be like really really hard in your rides like there's no like you're not even exaggerating it's so true so just just total blankness yeah it's it's total blankness yeah yeah i (laughs) it's people really do not quite understand how absolutely terrifying that is to just have memories of your life years of your life just taken away it is and even if it might be for your best interest it is still totally scary it is it is you know that said rather than you know thinking of my disorders as you know this separate entity that i'm constantly battling Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. or maybe blaming all my bad choices on Mm -hmm. i think of my conditions more like confused friends that are wholly mm-hmm. integrated to my body like yeah when I, get, when I get overwhelmed i think what do i need what does my anxiety need yeah. and i answer my needs because my anxiety is me my depression is me we are working together exactly you know there is no difference exactly. we are all simultaneously the core working together that's so, beautiful yeah so when i make a bad decision or when i make a good one it doesn't matter which part of me prompted mm-hmm. that decision 
I don't even entertain the thought that I'm going to blame my depression on this. I'm going to blame my anxiety on this. It was me wholly, and I am responsible for its consequences completely. I so just, I just closed my eyes and I'm just like, like taking in everything you said because like you. I'm literally learning. Yeah, yeah. Rather, rather than dividing everything and separating everything from the good and the bad, it's just I clump everything together and I label it all as me. It's all mm. me. Whatever I did, whatever I was feeling, whatever decisions I make, it's me. They're all me. I mm. may have this disorder, but I have the power to treat it. I have the power to answer to it. I have the power to ignore it. I have the power to make myself and these disorders better. And yeah. I do. You know, a real thing happened um, in one of my states was mm-hmm. like, I had told my brain that I was going to keep a particular secret, like not say anything. Mm-hmm. So even when I got to that state, my brain didn't say anything. Because, you know, in that state, you like, you talk too much and you just like, like, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever, I'm not sure you've been in the manic state before, but like, I don't know, to be honest. With you. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, oh my God, it's crazy. So it's just like, um, but even with that, so that's when I saw that there's an amount of control mm-hmm. even with this, um, like, you know, with this, and what you're saying really, really resonates with me because even like, that's why I don't like to talk about it because I'm still learning and I love yeah. to like, meet people who are like living with it because we are like we are survivors like we are we are great people to be honest we like are, we're really yeah. phenomenal people because <laughs> some people not to sound that. full of ourselves oh yeah, I'm so, we're that's pretty I'm, good exactly that's why I'm so full of myself because if you know what I've been through you wouldn't some of you cannot even live with it you wouldn't be able to smile the way I smile or live the way I live you know, and it's yeah. not because I care about what she think, but it's because I am still learning about this thing that yeah. is is hardly spoken about in the world. And yeah, people and even, shame even it. when it has become even now that it has become more spoken about in the yes. world, you still have to think about that. It's never been said by me. Exactly. It's never been said by you. Exactly. It, people might be giving their personal testimonies, and yeah. as they should, but they've still never heard it from you. Exactly. So you are still granted permission to talk about yourself, talk mm-hmm. about your journey, share yeah. what you know. Yeah. You know. Of course, we're not going to know absolutely everything about our disorder. All we know is how we've dealt with it in our personal exactly. symptoms. Right. So if you want to know everything about this disorder, you need to talk to a doctor. But if you Thank want, you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not a doctor. I just know that's, me. That's a good one. I always say that. I'm like, if you're depressed, please don't talk to me. Go talk to a psychiatrist or go talk to like get a psychology. If if the psychology thinks you need a therapist or a psychiatrist, they'll refer you, but don't talk to me. You're yeah. really right. I, I say that too a lot. Yeah. I can't tell you everything. I can just tell you me. I can only do so much yeah, research. Me. And one yeah. thing I've noticed is that everybody dealing with, sorry, dealing with a disorder, let's say, for example, um, somebody dealing with bipolar one, mm-hmm. there can be like 10 people dealing with bipolar one. They are not the same. 
They no. don't have the same experience. They don't take the same drugs. They are different. Absolutely. That's the same thing with somebody dealing with schizophrenia or somebody or anything. Anything. Like people even with the same disorder are even not the same. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, we are well, not even, the same. Even in normal circumstances, how yeah. people would deal with maybe uh, a divorce, a death, whatever. Uh, yeah, how people would one. deal with something happy going on. Everybody takes that intake, everybody takes it different ways, and they communicate Mm -hmm. it different ways, and they absorb it different ways, and they cope with it different ways. We are all so different, different. simply by design. Yeah, You cannot take one person's testimony or one person's experience and and define it across this whole entire scientific medical realm. You cannot do that. I know, I know. And that's why it's so funny that when somebody goes like, oh, I I have lived experience with bipolar disorder, then automatically... The, like people have this idea that oh maybe the person will be moody or the, like it's it's they don't even research about it like they don't research about like disorders maybe borderline disorder or they don't even care because in their yeah. heads it's like it's it's like it's demonized sort of yeah they're going to think about how things are portrayed in the media because yeah. that's what they're exposed to yeah. they're going to think about the movies that exaggerate it for shock factor. They're going to exactly. think about the books that totally misrepresent it. Exactly. You know, they're, they're not going to read into the personal experiences of people because once again, the people who represent their experiences are underrepresented in themselves. Yeah, that's people true. aren't going to find them as well because that's true. people are more interested in the things that are misrepresented. Yeah. So. Like for, for instance, like just me, for instance, I've never had severe depression. I've never even mm. had depression in my life. Like, Good for you. Good but, for you. Exactly. <laughs> like I only had like a state of um, like a, a, a slight depression, but it wasn't even mm. like the deep one. This slight depression, I could still get up and go for therapy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like I could still absolutely. do stuff. I could still go and eat. Like when I hear and research about depression, Mm-hmm. I've really never been depressed before. And my life is more on like a manic face, which is not like manic, manic, but like it's more on like a happy face than mm-hmm. any of that. A mask. Yeah. Exactly. The masking. Yep. Exactly. So like I'm really different. And and like even like the disorder that I'm I, I live with, it's it's very, very like if if you know me, you wouldn't know that. I'm dealing with any of this. Like I talk on yeah. the on the surface level, but I'm, this leads me to my third point because I I feel like your answer for this third third question is you're gonna open my mind up. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you because I I am very confident about myself. I really don't Good. care what people think, but at the same time, I need to be aware of how the world works so that I can be able to live in the world. Absolutely. So yeah. how how do you accept what you're going through regardless of what anyone thinks? Okay, acceptance is a strange thing. And I say that because acceptance isn't rooted in the contempt of others as much as it's rooted in the love of yourself, right? It's mm-hmm. all an act of, of self-love. A lot of people, though, a lot of people choose acceptance 
as sort of a way to show off against other people that they've moved on. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a way of some people will blast in social media that they're doing so much better. And the whole time they could be still struggling, but they want, they just want to prove that they're better than that. But at the same yeah. time, the whole thing is once again, just masking. Mm-hmm. Um, even still in doing that, you know, you're seeking after the validation of the same people that. you pretend to not care about. That's true. Right? So it's truly just internal love for yourself. And that can be demonstrated in a number of ways, you know, allowing yourself solitude and overwhelm, you know, declining, overstimulating events, being selective with who you spend your time with, you know, only taking stock in the opinions of people, you know, you truly care about and know are acting in your best interest. So for me, it's not so much not caring about what anyone thinks, but it's being advised by the opinions that I know are the best for me. I'm naturally at heart. I've always been a social person. So when my depression struck and I was totally in solitude and isolation, that was very much not like me. And mm-hmm. now that I've become to heal from that, um, I'm becoming more social again, which I appreciate. And it's allowed me to better understand and better take stock in select opinions. So mm-hmm. rather than just banishing the opinion of anyone, I, I very much trust in the opinion and the perspective of my mother, of my close friends, of myself. And I take stock and I evaluate those opinions. But those are the only ones I do it to. You have to be very selective with who you pick and choose in your life and who you decide to let in. Otherwise, your energy is just going to be totally chaotic. You're going to fill with the words of people you don't actually care about. And even though you don't care about them, you're still going to fill with their words because we're human. We're susceptible to things like that. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people interpret acceptance, you know, as giving up. You know, for me, I just see it as an act of self-love, relieving yourself, you know, of the stress, trying to mend a situation that will still remain unfulfilling or... Uh, prevents a circumstance that's simply inevitable everyone's path is personalized and made just for them you don't need anyone else to understand it's not their path they don't have to Mm. realizing you don't love yourself is one of the greatest insults to existence i think Mm -hmm. so once i tie once i tie mental relief to love my actions and my choices seem a lot more justified even when I'm so uncertain. Mm, that's so, so deep. And, you know, it's just, it's incredibly plausible to be uncertain. You are totally valid in your uncertainty of existence because, um, I'm sorry, your, <laughs> your uncertainty of acceptance because mm-hmm. acceptance is self-love and loving yourself is a very rebellious act in a world that, Oh, off of our oh, that's so true. That is so. It's like people people go like, "How dare you love yourself? Who do you right? think you are?" Or they cross it with being full of yourself. Thank you. Or being selfish. Or being selfish. There's a massive difference <laughs> between There's loving a... yourself, yeah, and putting yourself first, yeah. and understanding your needs, and yeah. being selfish. That's so true. When you read into the definitions of selfishness, uh, there's actually something. 
that, that taught me a lot of things. And it was that selfishness is putting your wants above other people's needs. Mm. Love and appreciating yourself. Mm. That's putting your, your needs wants. Yeah. above other people's, people's needs. Want. It's, oh, it's, okay. a, it's a game of wants yeah. versus needs. needs. That's different. Yeah. That's that's different. That yeah, that's the difference. Yeah, that's the in economics we say that people have numerous wants. So if you mm-hmm. want to live your life satisfying people's wants, that's very dangerous because their wants are numerous, unlimited. Absolutely. It's unlimited. Yeah, and wow, then eventually funny. your needs are going to be, you know, relaxation from all the exhaustion you've put yourself through, and that exhaustion you may spend the absolute rest of your life trying to recover from so yeah wow that's amazing so how did you move past your mental health diagnosis Mm, i really really like this question because (laughs) it's it's really rooted in stigma and i say that kindly because it is the short answer is simply that you don't okay mental health disorders whether you like it or not they will never truly go away okay they won't they will lessen and they will heighten they will fluctuate, but they will never leave. And a lot of people treat that as a death sentence. You know, yeah. I know I did. <laughs> and yeah. as I've said before, disorders aren't bad. They just are. It's like disabilities. They aren't a good thing. They aren't a bad thing. They just mm-hmm. are. They just exist. You know, some people have them. Some people don't. And if you do, there's tons of things to help yourself. And if you don't, you help the people who do. You know, that's how we work together as a society. We are all cogs in the exact same machine. Yeah. So the thing is, is that you don't move past the mental health diagnosis. There's no reason to. It's a part of you, just as all of your good and bad memories are. And you don't move past your memories or your lessons. You know, you learn from them. You grow from them. It's the exact same thing. My mental health diagnosis, personally, they were very validating. Uh, except for the PTSD one, which I'm, I struggled with originally, but I've, I've come to accept. Um, but diagnoses in general for me, they were very relieving to understand that I had an identifiable condition and that it could be treated. You know, yeah. it's, for me, that was easier than just having a doctor look at me and say, we don't know what you have. We don't know how to fix it. And, and, and until we do, you're going to be living with this for the rest of your life. You know, that's not exactly settling. Not so at all. To know that it was, to know that it had a label. Yeah. To know that it was something that existed and that existed, other people had. was very relieving. Absolutely. Absolutely. But on the other hand, when people get diagnosis, some people are vehemently upset. Yeah. And that... That is simply a result of this concept that yeah. stigma steals a notch of your hypothetical self-worth, mm. right? You are upset about your diagnosis because you don't want to have this and you don't want to have this because you've been taught that it's a bad thing. Yeah. You being upset about yourself, you being upset about mental illness or disorder or any sort of, any sort of health problem, yeah. you are buying into the stigma that it's something bad, that it's something you should be ashamed of. And it's yeah. not. It's just something. That, that's it. You go to therapy, you get your treatments, you, 
you you raise awareness to the people who are still struggling with the understanding of it or the acceptance of themselves you know ultimately what i like to say is don't move past diagnosis move past stigma Mm. because that is the problem it's not the diagnosis that's very not even it's not even the disorder itself it's the stigma that is the problem that's the problem yeah and once you identify the problem it's not you it's not the it's not the disorder it's the stigma then you understand who the true enemy is and that's when you can redirect your argument and it's so it's so funny how it's like people want you to be ashamed of of your pain yeah, of what you went through of something that you didn't even want, you didn't even think will ever happen in your life. People want you to be ashamed of it. Absolutely. So do you know, like even in the hospital, because I was diagnosed um, first in Dubai, mm-hmm. and then I went back home because I was living in Ghana before I moved to France. Okay. So like when I was in Ghana, I was diagnosed in Ghana. Even some of the doctors were saying that don't even say it to people. So the stigma even started in the hospital before, because I didn't even know it was something you don't talk about. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. Because me, I just have some confidence. And even over the years now, my confidence has even grown even more and more. So, like, I'm not shy to say certain things. Like, like sometimes, <laughs> it's so funny. Like, when I'm talking to my mom, I just say things the way I want to say it. Like, I'm not shy, you know. Good, so like, good, absolutely. So, yes, yeah, so I was like, this particular one, why should I be shy of what I went through? Like, I literally thrived. I could have, I could have, I could have, I could have died. Because when yeah. I think about some of the things that um, happened, like, you know, when I was in Dubai, I was in the hospital because they rushed me to the hospital because of what was happening. Nobody understood. And they put, you know, they gave me a, a what's it? See, some of the English words I can't even pronounce. A, sed- <laughs> a sedative? A sedative. Like, sedative. Yeah, a sedative. They gave me a sedative. And then, you know, because of, like, in that state, you have so much energy. It's hard mm-hmm. for you to sleep. So when they gave me that, the nurses and the doctors, thought that it had worked on me but guess Mm -hmm. what it hadn't worked so I woke up and I literally took the drip that they put on me and everything I pulled it out and blood was gushing from my hands like yeah so it fortunately for me a nurse came in at that time and like they all started rushing into the hospital and before you realize you I was I was I found I, I woke up in in a different place. That was remarkable. That I know. So like I've been through like a lot. So when and it's so funny, like sometimes when you go through some of these things, people want to come and tell people want to tell you how to live. And I was mm-hmm. like, I look at them and I'm like, hey, you didn't see the world I saw when I went through that. You didn't yeah. see, you weren't there. You weren't in there when I got all the injections that I got. That even when I was flying back to Ghana, I couldn't sit down. And I couldn't sit down for almost weeks. Like, I couldn't sit down for about weeks. It was yeah. hard. About a week or so. I can't even remember because I was still sick. But I knew that. <laughs> At least I know time's all fuzzy. <laughs> I couldn't sit down. It was so, so hard. So like I go through all this and you think I'll come out the same 
or I'll, I'll be subdued to human thinking. I mean, like the way humans just think life is. No, I came out, I went through that, that and I came out as a changed person. Yeah. So, absolutely. like, I can't, like, I'm really happy that it was a very sad thing to go through, but I, I couldn't be the same anymore when I came out of that. And a lot of people were like, oh, why didn't you, you know, do this? At this time, you have to, like, even pray more. I couldn't, even my brain couldn't allow me to do certain things. Because it's like, when you go through that, you go through a different sort of, like, dimension in the Mm -hmm. world. And one thing I've noticed about people who go through this, like, uh, mental disorders and who are in this state is, when they speak, they have some level of wisdom and understanding of the world that most people do not. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm not going to associate it with every single person, but I would, I would say most. I noticed that even the way you're speaking, you know, it's different. It's different from the mere human being. And somebody was saying this some time ago that maybe God makes, God does this to some of us. So that we see life in a different way and explain it to the world, you know. Yeah, so God, <laughs> we need like philosophers God. somehow. Yeah, we are like God's God's chosen ones. Like God, <laughs> <laughs> He chooses some of us to go through some of these things, so that we. And so, because right now it's really hard for anybody to twist my mind. I'm not scared of things anymore. Like you got literally, an ex friend told me that she was a witch. I slept by her. I wasn't scared. And mm-hmm. it's so funny because she was acting scared of me. I don't pray. I don't I don't do stuff. I don't do so many things. I my spiritual practice is gratitude. Yeah, but I absolutely. don't do all these like things that people do. But I'm not saying people are scared of me, but some of these people who claim that they are into all these spiritual stuff or they literally cannot stand me. Do you understand? And it's no, weird. I understand you completely. Yeah. yeah. It's weird because, and that's, and the reason why I don't have fear for those things is because of what I've been through, my diagnosis, like what I went through, you know, from 2018 and what I went through in 2020. So I can't be the same. So to me, it's very hard to be scared of things when your worst fear has already happened. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Like, right now, like, what are you going to tell me? Like, what, like, 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 this is like the worst thing that could ever happen to a human being because cancer, yep. is like, cancer is like glorified. So if you have cancer, everybody's like pitying you. And but what I went through is not glorified at all. And I went through it. I disgraced yeah. myself even on social media and everything on YouTube, everything. I went through yeah. it and I came out like nothing happened. Like I moved on with my life, like nothing happened. And I don't even yeah. use that to um, to judge my future. I'm literally, and right now I have like a very close relationship with God that mm-hmm. if in the world, the whole world is against me, I don't care. Like, yes, because of what I went through, it made me understand deep. Like, it made me, like right now I can literally go deep into things. I can go deep into reading about something or anything because like, what's going to happen? Do you yeah. get it? Yeah, like you get yeah. Like right now, I'm never scared. Like, um, how do you call it? I was listening to um Doja Cat and then um someone was telling me that hey, you're listening to that girl, demon. I was like, I'm also a demon lord. He was like, How can you say that? I was like, Yeah, she's a demon lord, I'm a demon lord. Why 
who is i'm not i'm not afraid of demons i like you get it i'm also dealing like and people live in fear but with what i've been through it's hard for me to live in fear yeah yeah and even still like like you said people will stigmatize certain music artists exactly or, you know their genre what they talk about or whatever and, it is and they're gonna demonize what, certain people yeah. they don't understand yeah and they don't have a deeper understanding because when somebody's saying i'm a demon lord this is how i'm thinking about it this is how sharon is thinking about it i'm thinking about it as the demons that i deal with on the inside the negative side of me i'm the lord of them so they can't control me yeah yeah. That's how I'm thinking about it. And that's because... That's a good way to think about it. <laughs> exactly. Because I've dived deep into my mind. So I am telling the demons that live within me, which everybody has in them. Absolutely. That I am the Lord of you. I am the demon Lord. I'm the Lord of you. <laughs> <laughs> in me. Yes. And I don't care what she thinks. She gets it. So like, and one thing about what I went through, it helped me to have a very, very open mind. Very, yeah. So I accept every single person because I know that what we go through as human beings and even being a human being is not easy. So it makes me be like, I don't, I don't, I don't even criticize people. I don't judge people. It's not even a joke. Like when I yeah. see something and my eyes want to speak about it, I close my eyes. Like, yeah, it's not absolutely. My business. Obviously, Absolutely. there are some things that you see and you go like, I mean, what what the, what the hell is this? Like, are you being normal? <laughs> obviously. Like, I'll just, yeah, there like, things. Like, something, yeah. Obviously, because I'm a human being. So sometimes I'm like, ah, are you normal at all? But it's not yeah. something that I will speak about and ponder on or talk about. No, like, I, even when I do that, there's, mm. there's also like another thought that goes like, oh, you never know what this person is going through. You never Absolutely. know this. Or at this point in time, this person doesn't have this understanding of this. And that's why they're acting like this. And people can change. So it's Absolutely. really good. So I'm yeah. going to move on to the last question. I very much appreciate your openness. And, you know, yeah. speaking about all this, I understand that it is so, so difficult. So yeah, I very much but appreciate I, this. I, I, I am happy. Because the truth is, I would have started speaking about this earlier. Mm-hmm. But because I heard that there's a stigma, mm-hmm. which I didn't know existed until I, I, I was dealing with this. So I decided to shut up and understand yeah. what I was dealing with. Yeah. And I have deeper, deeper stories, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I'm really happy that I'm talking about this because, trust me, inwardly, I would love, love, love to speak about this. Like I do want, I want to speak about it all the time. I really want to speak about it um, on my platform. I want to help people that are dealing with this. I want every human being to know that, see, you're stigmatizing yeah. this person, but you yourself can go through this. It's just, you just need a trigger. You just need someone to trigger it and, yeah. you, will, yeah. and you will be in the state too as well. Like everybody Absolutely. is close to having a mental illness or a mental disorder. Or any problem. Or all. any problem. So don't feel like you're better than somebody because you've not been clinically diagnosed with anything or because you yeah. don't take drugs or anything. Maybe you'll... And, and, and to be honest, I know this might sound crazy, but the truth of the matter is most great people go to hell. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know why. Because, do you know, when I, when I was in my first... I think my second episode, when I relapsed, I was shouting. Like, I was literally shouting. And I was speaking crying to god and i knew i was sick but i remember this 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 in my head so so vividly i was like god 
even if you want me to be great, do I have to go through this? <laughs> <laughs> I promise. I was saying, I was like, I like I was everybody was trying to hold me because at that time you have so much energy that you can't fight the strongest man in this world. Yeah. So like I was like, could do I have to go through this? Even if I'm going through like, even if you want me to be great, do I have to go through this? Like this is so painful. And I was I was not okay. But, then, <laughs> but, but, but you see, I was saying this. That's what I'm saying. That this is, that's why people do not really understand mental disorders. Because yeah. it's, it's very, it's, it's very, it, it's bizarre. It's weird. But at mm-hmm. the same time, it's normal. Because even I, yeah. I remember a doctor was talking to me. He didn't understand how the people in the hospital were talking to each other. Like mm-hmm. people who were like sick, you know, who who had relapsed and everything. How we were having conversations with each other. That's, do you know, I have a friend in Dubai. Mm-hmm. Who, we were single, but <laughs> I wrote her number down. And then, you know, we still kept contact till today. And also, yes. I know. So it's very <laughs> weird how the doctors cannot communicate with us, but we are communicating with each other. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah it's, it's, it's a miracle. That's like, that's why people still cannot fathom or understand, you know, this this um thing, but that we go through. But I feel like this world is already a mysterious world. Even cancer yeah. is mysterious. Um, um, everything, every other illness is mysterious. So, I mean, how do you get a headache? Like, how do you? How does if you want to start dissecting how you get a headache and everything? <laughs> it might not even make sense. <laughs> so, there are so many questions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So everything doesn't make sense, and it, it's also like a mental disorder. So. The same way you have a physical disorder, that's the same way you can have a mental disorder. And that's one thing that people should understand. Nothing makes sense. And no. we should even try and make sense of it because that's what makes us humans. Absolutely. So the final question is, how do you treat the people who cannot understand you and think you are pretending when you're going through a mental stress, confusion, or illness? Well... As I've spoken about initially, I've been very blessed, you know, to have parents and friends who are very interested in bettering my journey and my health. You know, people who already are a little um, predisposed to these sort of things. I tend to only gravitate towards crowds of people who share a common understanding of that disorder. Like you said, you know, when, when you go through the same thing, you kind of clump together. Yeah. Um, and there's there's a kindness that is forged in that. That's so true. Yeah. And and even people who have no idea about what I'm going through, but are happy to learn. You know, mm-hmm. I'm happy to educate, but mm-hmm. only if the individual is open and willing yeah. to learn. You yeah. know, I'm not about to waste my time and my mental <laughs> capacity That's trying true. to drill into someone else's head that they should care about other people besides yeah. themselves. And people who are who aren't exactly like them, you know. I'm I'm incredibly strict with who I choose to spend my time with. That's especially especially considering you know we we've been dealt those consequences once before, you know. And I never intend to have that happen to me again. And so my circle is very small, but it's very empathetic and understanding. And I can very openly speak about what I'm dealing with or how I'm feeling with That's my close amazing. friends and especially my mother who is my biggest advocate yeah. and you know there have been people who have drifted into my life 
for the sole purpose of reminding me that not everyone understands and that not everyone is willing to understand. That's so true. And, but people are not willing to understand, not at all. Yeah. Like I was dating a I was dating a guy and mm-hmm. I told him I was dealing with this. Mm-hmm. And then some time ago he got me angry. Do you know what this guy told me? He told me I should take my <laughs> he told me to take my meds. I was like, that was the last <laughs> time I saw him. Good. <laughs> I ended I was like, Are you mad? Do you know how many times I've told you to read about this illness and you just discard it? You think that's how we take meds? We, I, I, and yeah, and it was like, and take, it was like around 5 p.m. And my, I take my meds in the evening. Like, let's say I take it at 7 and 10. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me I should take my meds. I was like, are you mad? Why do you think the fact that I'm dealing with a disorder doesn't necessarily mean I, 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 like, I can't get angry or what? I was so pissed exactly. off. And that was the last yeah. time I saw him. Because I'm yeah. not going to deal with an illiterate. Or neither am I going to deal with somebody who's not willing to learn or understand. And think that the fact that I'm angry means that I'm not taking my meds or something. Yeah, people very much. And even ourselves. Even myself. Uh, confuse genuine, you know, normal yes. emotions yes. with a symptom of something. That's you true. Know, they're going to associate a that's negative true. emotion with a negative problem. Yeah, and, and of course, that's, there's also that stigma that comes in. These that's people true. who don't understand, they're automatically associating, once again, this negative reaction with a disorder, which that's is, true. you know, um, interpreted as a negative thing. That's but it's true. really not. It's just a thing. Yeah. I'm <laughs> it's so, just a thing. Yeah, it's just a thing. It's just a human thing. And I'm so happy for my therapist and then my my nurse because like I was going through a breakup. I felt I was so scared. Like mm-hmm. my my nurse is very busy, so I can't just get him like that. But that particular mm-hmm. day I was so scared and I and I called his office. And I was so scared. I was like, I feel like I'm about to relapse because I just broke up with my ex. And it's like my head is just spinning. I'm so scared. And mm-hmm. then he called me. And then he was like, Sean, you're not going to relapse. You take your meds. You, you, you go for therapy. You do this. You're not going to relapse. It's normal. Relax. Yeah. And just hearing him say that, I just... I I I, w- I came down like I was I just relaxed like I was yeah okay and my therapist too said the same thing and I was just relaxed and I was like oh I'm so thankful for these people in my life because they make me understand that you are also a human being the fact yeah. that you know obviously if something bad happens you react the way you are reacting it's normal any human being will react the way you are reacting and every like my help has really come from from profe- has really come professionally but mm-hmm. in my circle like let's say friends and no 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 I don't have help from that family no 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 my mom is a very Christian woman so you can imagine <laughs> <laughs> she 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 was amazing when I was in the hospital and everything but in terms of like these understanding and everything I go to my like my therapist is like my very good friend I really yeah. love like I was, I, yeah. I told my therapist that you can literally sell me like just tell me anything because anything you tell me I believe you <laughs> Yeah, I have found some of my best friends in yeah. my medical practitioners. Yeah, like I who really helped me them. on all of those months that you're in and out of clinics. Yeah, and you know you're coming for your routine appointments. And mm-hmm. yeah, those people that you see so often, and yeah, those few people that absolutely understand what you're going yeah. through. Yeah, yeah. there's and that friendship see your journey. And my therapist has hasn't given up on me. Like we, she has been my therapist since February 2021. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, you know, even when I traveled, because she doesn't live here. Mm-hmm. And when I travel, she's still with me. You know, we, we point, I told her that I'm t- like, I, I, I cannot do just one month, any, once, one month anymore, but can we do it twice? And, you know, she was like, she, re- she reflected on it. She got back to me and, you know, we have just been consistent and it really helps me. I promise you, it has helped me to make the best decisions just talking to her. And she's like That's a excellent. very good, yeah, she's like a very good listener. And I'm like, I'm married to you in my head. <laughs> You're my husband. <laughs> I don't need any man. <laughs> because, like, you know, it's just so amazing. Just talking to her alone, I can have solutions for any problem that I have. Yeah, people really don't understand the true power of validation. Yeah. You know, just being able to speak to someone who you know creates a positive and an open environment yeah. for you. Or yeah. people like like your nurse who can who you yeah. don't have that clinical knowledge. Exactly. They, they can totally tell you right off the bat exactly. it's normal. And exactly. you, need, you need that guidance. You need that assurance. You need it. You need it. Yeah. You need Everyone it. needs it. It's a human you need. need. You just need assurance. And, yeah. And I think where, it's, where the, the part I really like is that mm-hmm. when you're talking to them, they're mm-hmm. listening. Like, yeah. Do you know that most people don't listen? Like even no. like some <laughs> friends and, and family, they don't listen. But when I'm speaking to my third, you can even you know we are spiritual beings. So you can even feel that the person is listening to you. And that's what I love. Like I lack that from my I, I didn't have that with my ex. I used to complain about that a lot. Maybe mm-hmm. because I know how it is for somebody to re- truly listen to you. Right. So it's like when I'm speaking to my therapist, by the time I, I, I finish with the conversation, I feel so whole because yeah. she's listening to me in every, you know, sentence she says. My therapist doesn't talk too much, but everything she says, oh, my God, it's just yeah. like life transforming, yeah, you know, yeah. just like life transforming. She always listens to me, you know, vent and everything. And then she would say like one or two lines about it. And if there's any other things, like, you know, it's just amazing. And I really, really love that in my life. I promise you, I prefer to have a therapist than have a husband. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I mean, two and Because, one, I mean, what know? do I need a husband for? The only thing I really do need is for me to be talking to somebody who can truly listen to me. And having a therapist do that, and I don't have to cook and clean for the therapist, but all I just need to do is just to probably like just, you know, pay some monthly monthly fee and I don't have to cook and clean or do anything or she doesn't stress me out. She just listens to my problems and she gives me, so, oh my God, please, what do I need again? And like, I'm sorry, take, take, take if, I, if I need a dick, I can get a dick anyway. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know if it works it works <laughs> exactly exactly so what life lesson are you going to leave me with and the audience as well any life mm. lesson at all well that you live by that i live by hmm. honestly i think my lesson is that i have no lessons i'm pretty <laughs> you know i'm i'm pretty lawless <laughs> you know i I just, I go with my gut a lot. I, I just do things that feel right to me. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't try to go by a lesson because that would mean adhering to some kind of rule. Mm-hmm. And I am not necessarily a rule follower. Wow. I've, I've never really been. <laughs> I, <laughs> I am to some extent, 
And... But when it comes to my creativity, I'm I'm all over the place. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm hard enough on myself as it is. Yeah. I I don't need some sort of philosophical understanding of things. Okay. I just I just need to listen to myself and listen yeah. to my needs and listen to the people who you know have their best interest. Yeah, have uh, my best interest. Yeah, yeah, has your best this this is amazing you see this one thing i i love about talking to different people is i just love how different human beings are like it gets me excited like just hearing different perspective on life and how people view life and how mm. different people are like i'm one advocate for for um individuality people just being themselves like because i i love being myself mm-hmm. when i see people do the same thing, it makes me so happy when i see people being different it makes me so happy like somebody yeah. can be in love with like a plant in <laughs> i will like it will make me so happy like i don't cringe at anything doesn't make sense i don't yeah. like i don't really cringe at stuff that people do i don't cringe about you being different maybe the only thing i might cringe um, I, I might cringe on is like maybe you like maybe taking something very bitter and maybe not I don't know you know something else but not your personality or yeah. how you how you view life and that's I really love your take on 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 living and and following your heart because I also do the same thing which makes my life so beautiful and if you yeah. live in my life you might think that um I'm a magician or have <laughs> <of> superpowers <laughs> and it just stems from me listening to my spirit guide because like I I I, I be moving like I'm some witch or something I see. I'm, I don't have superpowers. It's just that I just listen to my spirit guide, and that's it. You know, because like people will be doing things, and you know, I'll just like I see it, and I will pray it's different. And they're like, mm-hmm. ah, this girl that acts so childish and acts like she's a fool and acts like she doesn't even know anything about life, and you can fool her. How did she outsmart us? It's because I just listen to my spirit guide. I just listen. Yeah. You know, so you might think you're ahead of me or you're bullying me or you're doing something, but I just, like, I, I outsmart a lot of people in my life and and it's just thanks to, you know, my spirit guide. And I'm yeah. really happy yeah. for that. So I do agree with your le- lifeless lesson. <laughs> <laughs> lifeless lesson, yes. <laughs> there is one yeah. thing that I can say, though, what? Uh, that, that just helps me on the topic of, you know, being very secluded and being very choosy about who you spend your time with. You also need to be very choosy about who you choose to educate. Because Mm, like I I said, I was telling my therapist today that I'm a mind my business. If you know my clients, I am minding my business. Yeah. There are people who you're going Mm. to preach to for the rest of your life and they're still not going to get it. Thank you. They don't want to get it. Thank you. They don't want to. So, you. you know, this is what I like to say. If education can't prevail, ignorance is best ignored. Thank you. That's so just move on. Mm. <laughs> That's all I can say. This, this is just an affirmation for me. It's just, I, I, I love this because I was seeing the same thing today. I was like, I was telling my therapist that I see a lot of things wrong with certain people, mm. but I have just gotten into the habit of, if you know my clients, I'm sorry, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Is none yeah. of my business. 
And if you yeah. don't talk to me to say, oh, what do you think about this? I would talk, but I wouldn't put so much like energy into it because some people, no matter how much you talk, if you don't take care, you might give them so much wisdom that they might end up hating you, Absolutely. despising you and being jealous yeah. of you. Yeah. So yep. one thing I have told myself is mind your business. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes because you've gone through so much and you know so much, even at a young age, you're so itching to talk. But I am like, Sean, tame your tongue. And, and, and you know, this, what we go through also comes with some sort of kindness for, kindness for humanity. And I'm sorry, kindness for humans in some sort of, um, we, we, we are very humane. And mm-hmm. because of everything we've, we've been through, so we, we sort of even understand people when they are, they are, being stupid and when they <laughs> when when they act in a particular way, we are very kind. Yeah, but even at that, like I've learned to tame my tongue and yes. mind and mind my yes. business. Let people move it. And sometimes, before I educate somebody, even in in the slightest way, I I I throw some questions to see how the person thinks. Like for example, I wanted to tell somebody about some opportunity in school because I'm also in school and oh, I that's asked, wonderful yeah but like I asked the person a question because the person was not in school so I asked mm-hmm. the person a question I was like oh um what do you think about school like uh like how is like a background like and everything guess what the person told me mm-hmm. the, the person was like I hate school I don't love school and everything I was like oh my god thank god I just didn't go with you know, the advice and and putting in my oar and pushing the person because the person has already established the fact that he doesn't like school. He never right. wants to be in school. It was so, even, he even, even another person who told me that for him, it's over for him, school for him. It's yeah, over it's, for him. He's never doing it. Exactly. It's just totally so limited. Ima- yeah. So imagine the old Sharon would be very pushy, would say, oh, it's very good. Imagine you do this and you do that and do that. And I'll be giving you so so many ideas on like how this can expand. Yeah. They're just going to walk away. <laughs> exactly. But now, baby girl, I'm, my, I'm, I'm, I'm the ambassador of minding my business. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. This was amazing. This took like way longer than expected. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, no, but it's so good. Don't apologize because this is like me telling my truth for the first time. And like I get to like share it with, with you and it makes me so happy. Thank you. That, Thank um, you so much. It makes me really, really happy. And I'm sure that like, you know, with time, I will break through the insecurity of of not letting this truth of mine out and in as much as like I don't really care what anybody thinks I need I also have to like break through that stigma and and push through because I have a very strong mindset and a strong spirit so if somebody like me is to come out and really stand up for people to who are going through the same thing I feel like it's going to be great because um my mouth is very Yummy, 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 yummy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you say, you say one. I've said like twenty. Like you insult me. I've defended myself in twenty ways. You know, so, and I can, I, I can do that for other people. You know, <laughs> I do that. I do that a lot. Like for example, let me just end by saying this. Like I was talking to my mom. I I called her mm-hmm. and I was eating. 
Mm-hmm. And then she was like, you know, because she's spiritual. And then she was like, when do you fast? And as I was eating, I was like, when I'm sleeping. Yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't even argue. Like, I didn't even think. I don't like always. It's not like good shoot. Like somebody you say, "Oh, Shara, you're losing weight." I'll be like, "Please, I'm not losing any weight. The weight I am is the weight that like I do. The way I defend myself when I even go back to my own, I don't even think about what you said because I believe the things that I have said to you in the defense. <laughs> so my mouth is really. I mean, I mean, sometimes I have to control myself because before you said one, I said thousand, and. Even in class, I called somebody out because we sign when we go to class. And mm-hmm. her signature is so big that she signs, she it enters my my space. And my mm-hmm. t- my teacher was I I sometimes ago it was too much. That I mean the first time I took I spoke to the teacher about it and she was like my professor about it. My professor was like, oh, it's it's it, that's not good and everything. So the second time it happened again. Guess what I did? No idea. <laughs> I just shouted in the class. I was like, who is this? Like, I mentioned her name. I was like, who is this? Everybody just started looking at me. And she was like, and, and the person who, I mean, the, the girl, the person who signed, she was, she was a little scared. And she was, she was like, oh, it's me. I was like, please don't sign at my place. Like, you keep signing into, sign at your yeah. place. <laughs> yes. You know, like, um, you know, I can, I can really switch characters at the same time. I can, I, I can defend myself so much and start off and be shameless about it yeah yeah and i'm shameless about it like i i don't care if people like me doesn't exist so so yeah so it will be really good for somebody like me to be in the space where i can talk for people dealing with this but the reason why i don't talk so much about it is because i am learning so much about it that other when i'm when i'm defending people on it i'll be able to you know um defend in a very um educative way and not just educative way but out of experience as well absolutely yeah it's kind of difficult to talk about things so prematurely because yes, you know exactly. i can't speak for everyone i can only answer questions the best that i can and i can only yes. answer them according to my experience that's true and you know i can't say i'm a master of what this yeah, disorder means so and what this will do to you and not all of these all. health questions just because yeah. I've been through it doesn't mean I know everything about it. I'm still that's, learning about myself. That's beautiful. And that's something that's going to take my whole life. You yeah. know, learning is just your whole life. And that's true. We are all students of life. That's so true. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so Thank you so, so much. Thank you Margaret. so much for speaking with me today. Thank this you. was wonderful. I'm telling you, this is healing for me. I'm not <laughs> I'm so Thank glad. You yeah thank you very you have much a wonderful day this is wonderful yeah too. so i'm going to end by saying thank you all so much for listening to being sharon gibson's podcast i love you as much as you love yourself until next time bye